Hey guys, it's Tats here from Castagra, and welcome to the Specified Growth Podcast. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and coatings industry. Today's guest is Ryan Shantz. He's the founder of SumoCode, a SaaS tool that allows contractors to create quotes fast. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. Pats, good morning. Good to be here, sir. Yeah, so I read somewhere that you were a captain of your university soccer team. When did you start playing? Uh, well, yeah, soccer, sports have always been a part of my history. So, I mean, I'm, we're both in Canada. Yeah, I grew up in the, the middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. <laughs> so I had skates on my feet when I was three years old. Yeah. And I uh, started playing my first organized hockey when I was five and soccer was shortly after. So, yeah, it's, those, were, those were a lot of good days back then. Going back from, from my sporting background as well, I always found that the cities are the areas that had less distractions, like activities, other than, you know, let's say doing sports and stuff, seem to, seem to have the best players and the talent come out of them. Is that, is that the case? You know what? It's interesting. That's, uh, I've never been asked that in an interview. <laughs> yeah, I came from a town of 1,200. Yeah. And I mean, I, I played with guys growing up that made the NHL and were on the national team for volleyball. And so... Yeah, it seemed in our little town, you either got into athletics or drugs. And so <laughs> I, I veered towards the athletic side. And, and then, I, you know, I don't know if it's something in the water, just big farm boys or what it is. But yeah, I, I was lucky to kind of be around some fun, talented friends growing up that did well. I certainly was not at that level, you know, to those guys. Yeah. So, yeah, you mentioned drugs or some people refer to entrepreneurship as a drug or a disease. You know, how, how did you sort of get into the entrepreneurial side of things? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't know if there's a lot of entrepreneurs that can almost avoid it, right? <laughs> it, it's that thing, you know, it's that thing in you that kind of drives you forward. So I'm, I'm currently running a sumo quote, a tech to help contractors with their sales presentations and inspection reports and all that. Before that, or I'm, I'm also, I guess, not before that, I'm also an owner of a roofing company. So for about 10 years, I was running uh, sales on our residential side. And, and I was, you know, I installed back in the day and all that. Before that, I owned a denim line, a mm. blue jeans company. So to go from denim to roofing to tech, that, I mean, you've, only an entrepreneur is going to take that path, right? <laughs> so what got you into denim? Like, what were you thinking like, that inspired you to start that business? I don't know if I was thinking well enough. I was fortunate <laughs> to get out of that business, you know, without losing the shirt on my back. But I did my MBA about 15 years ago. And, and when I was leaving that, I was thinking I was going to get into management consulting or something like that. So something interesting, dynamic, you're always changing what you're reviewing. So that thing that keeps the entrepreneur engaged, right, is learning new things and trying to figure it out. And so, so I thought management consulting was for me. I got out of there and there was this little denim line for sale. And I looked at it and I thought, man, this, I think I could do a lot with this. It fit my values. Mm. It was, it was, it was the good guy brand, right? It was called good society. It was organic fabrics. It was fairly traded. Yeah. And then we started donating a percentage of profits. So 
from a brand perspective, we could really stand out in the market and yeah. lots of like quickly we got into in style magazine and Vogue was pulling samples from us. And I know this is not your typical roofer conversation, <laughs> but uh, yeah, right. Like, so quickly the brand could stand out, but man, denim is tough. That's I, my hats off to people in that industry. I couldn't, we couldn't nail the manufacturing side. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate to get it sold. And like I said, escaped with the shirt on my back still, which was good and fortunate and moved on to the next one. Yeah. So, I mean, when you say nail down the manufacturing side, what were you referring to? Just outsourcing abroad or just bringing your cost down locally? Like what were you, what were you thinking? We were outsourcing over to India. I had been, I had in my travels been over to India a bunch before that. And so I was connected to some NGOs over there. So I love the whole concept of giving back to a region that I was already relationally connected to. So that just fit a lot of things. But denim, you never think of it like this, but a shirt is small, medium, large, right? Denim is size 31, size mm. 32, size 33. And you've got such subtle differences right through the leg and everything else. And then you launder it and it shrinks and you wear it and it stretches. And it's, it's technically actually the most difficult fabric to work with out there. And to, which is why typically you hear people complaining about jean shopping all the time and how difficult it is. Uh. So I got to learn lots. I, I got to learn some expensive lessons through that one. Wow. Okay. So uh, I guess on the production side, there's, there's a lot of variables. Yeah. Even how many units you're running through laundering at the same time, like it, the number of units, it shifts your shrinkage margins and stuff like that. So it's both an art and a science to a degree. Yeah. So what, how'd you get into roofing from Denon? You know what? I'd actually, I'd actually done a couple of years of shingling 10 years before that. So roofing wasn't foreign to me, but like all good things in life, it started from me getting married. So, <laughs> and, uh, so I got married. I moved from Vancouver, your hometown there now, to yeah, yeah. Uh, Calgary, my hometown now. And I had the denim line, good sidey. And I, but I was looking at it, I was just saying, I think I could make this thing work, but I think I need another three years of, yeah. of grinding it out. And, and I looked at being you know, newly married and and all the things that come after that. And I just felt like, man, this is not, this is not the right thing for me to be focusing on right now. So when I moved back to Calgary, a buddy of mine owned a roofing company who I had you know, worked for previously. So he knew me and my, my background and stuff. So yeah, I, I started working there and then quickly became a partner after a year or two and, and then took over sales. And yeah, just, it, it was, it was interesting taking a lot of the previous things I've been learning. And so, you know, that example would be in fashion. I don't think there's an industry more brand sensitive than fashion, yeah. right? You take a $2 t-shirt and throw a logo on it and it's suddenly worth 50 bucks. Yeah. Right. So with how many, the volume of contractors there are out there, and ultimately we tend to all look the same, sound the same, talk the same, all that stuff. Mm-hmm you know, I was able to bring in a lot of this kind of branding and marketing side yeah. to our roofing business as well. And which we ended up then building a bit of tech around that, which ultimately worked really, really well and helped increase our sales significantly. And, and so then we thought, man, maybe we actually, there's something to this. And so we scrapped it and built it from scratch and that, that became Sumo Quote. So that was the the whole story there. That's awesome. I want to talk about the software side, but I want to double back for one second. 
what branding sort of things specifically did you do on the roofing side to to help that? Was it just sort of logo consistency, messaging? Like what what sort of specific things did you do to improve? Yeah, no, good question. So logo, yes. So we there's a creative director that I've known and worked with for years in Calgary here. So we did a full brand refresh. So then, I mean, you're getting your brand book, your style guide, your all that stuff put together. So you're you're wanting to create a consistent brand experience. So that's from the website to your, you know, any marketing materials you've got, to any landing pages, to any digital ads. So we started focusing a lot heavier on the digital marketing side of things. But even from the sales side, it's you don't want to just talk about product. And so you want to find ways of connecting with the homeowner with what matters to them and associating your brand to those things that matter to homeowners. And so we started shifting away from just talking about product because there's there's some really unbelievable products that can make all the difference as well. And to get into the story of those products, not just, not just hey, this product is technically this, you know, but what's the... There's always more of a story behind that, right? Mm. So story sells ultimately. And you want to weave that story between your the story of your business and the story of your homeowner and trying or your your building owner and get those to overlap and, yeah. and nail that that middle ground that matters to them. Yeah. So how did you go from a roofing company to now you're developing software? Like what was the transition transition there? Yeah. So we we built this prototype yeah. for Epic and selfishly, we were just trying to look after ourselves and increase our business, right? Yeah, yeah. What did, what did you use to, to build it? Like, like, give me, like, was it an Excel sheet? Like, what, how, did you, how did you start? No, it was all web-based. So yeah. the, the company we had used for our rebrand and a bunch yes. of this, they were an agency and they did a lot of web development work as well. So okay. I kind of had the the concept. It's, you know, I, I remember even back to this one conversation I had with a guy in the office where yeah. I'd been talking for a number, number of months and just saying, man, I think there'd be something really valuable to creating really professional present, like quotes, inspection reports really fast yes. where you can put photos in there. You can show the client what's going on. You can help explain things and make it, you can position yourself as more professional in their eyes and all this. And, and I remember this guy saying, well, man, I'm approved for a $12,000 garbage shoot right now, but I'd way rather have that. <laughs> and I thought to myself, yeah, you know what? This is a good idea. I'm going to try and push forward more with this. And then I you know, talked to this agency and we came up with a plan. And, and that first prototype was very, very crude, but... Yeah built something really, really nice, really, really fast. Yeah. So after about a year, we thought, hey, man, it's lacking this, it's lacking this, it's lacking this. So we, we did another iteration of it, added a bunch of features, worked great. And then it took about a year of me kicking my partners hard <laughs> to convince them that this was a good idea and they should fund this little idea of mine and, and let me take a shot at seeing what I can do with it. So you know, and then we you line up, uh, start lining up developers and user experience people and creative directors, okay. and you start kind of trying to bring the pieces together. Okay, so so basically, you just had this minimal viable product going, and then you're using it in house, and it's helping your process. And as at some point, you have to create it using proper developers and and doing it, but you, you understand more about what the customer is looking for. 
Yeah, I think our our unique advantage in the industry is definitely that we come from the market, right? We we come from industry. So we're thinking through features and we're getting feature requests now when we're talking through this stuff. I think we've got a lot easier time to say, oh yeah, well, we can envision how that would work if we're knocking on a door or if we're bidding a $3.2 million job and we want to start sliding in case studies. And and so I think that's been a, a big advantage for us. But yeah, no, the fact that we had a working prototype for three years almost, and in the first two years, our closing rate went up 64%, which was mm-hmm. millions of dollars of additional revenue. Like it, it had a very that a very trackable, like we, we could put our finger on exactly what was going on. We could measure it. We could compare it to historical data. Like we, we knew the impact that it was having aside from all of our clients starting to comment on it, how we won. And I could get into jobs where we won two, three hundred thousand dollars jobs just because they said, well, we just think the board, the, the property manager talk that I was talking to, we just think the board is going to look at these two quotes and be like, well, yeah, yours is 15% more, but you're obviously the more professional option. It's just going to make my life easier if I'm advocating for you from the get-go because this is I know how they're going to be thinking about this. So yeah, it was it was fun having that history, that track record to to lean on. Yeah. So you have this compelling story and you you built this thing and you're trying to get your first customers. How did that go? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's never easy, man. You, you always, it seems like I never learned that lesson as an entrepreneur, right? You always <laughs> think it'll be easier because in your mind, you've got this brilliant thing that absolutely everybody needs, but you get out there and it's not easy from day one to get going. So our very first company that we signed up, I, I will love them forever. It was a, uh, it was a painting company out of Edmonton. And we, to say that it was an MVP, a, a minimum viable product that we had for the tech would be generous. Like it was, <laughs> it was I don't even know if I could call it that entirely right, but they, they saw what it was and they were my very first company. One of the really early adopters for us was a guy named Randy Brothers, mm-hmm. who runs the Roofing Academy and, and owns Elite Roofing out of Denver. And mm-hmm. Randy quickly kind of saw the the polish in the presentation and and he became a believer really early on and that you know that really helped us go along as well and and then we had the advantage of just being in the industry so we could we could connect with really good industry people and and so that really helped us and I could I could run through a long list of people but yeah yeah that that helped us get going for sure what happened like what any specific period where you felt like the, the momentum really started to build? Like the first couple are hard. And at what point did the momentum kick in? I think it's funny. I've, I've chatted with some other tech entrepreneurs about that. You know, just about how do you recognize a company that's about to take off, mm-hmm. right? Or about to really hit this growth. Because obviously every investor would love to recognize that yeah. so that they can invest right before it starts just going crazy, right? So yeah. For us, I don't want to uh, give too much credit to my friends over at Company Cam there, but we had been we had launched into the market. We were getting that initial feedback, and we kept hearing people saying, "Man, we would love to have this integrated with Company Cam." And the complement of our two systems of a presentation system tool, a, a quoting tool, 
but the ability to quickly and easily add photos in there and the impact that those photos have as a part of the presentation. I felt like when we did that integration and that integration went really well. I remember presenting it to Kelly, who's their sales director over there. And Kelly's comment when I showed him the integration was, shoot, man, I usually cringe whenever I have to go through one of these where a, a partner of ours does an integration and they want to show it to us. And it's like, okay, yeah, can't wait to see it. But he was really impressed at just how smooth it had been developed and how the two systems work together. And so, yeah, I think that was a big part was the ability just to insert those photos really, really seamlessly and and the value that the contractor saw with that as a part of their presentations. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. So what's the future look like? What are you, what are you looking towards? We... We get asked actually quite a bit with Sumo Quote if we're going to start becoming a CRM. So, right, like, yeah. great, you're doing sales, you know, you do it really, really strong. So when are you going to, when are you going to start doing project management as well? And there's so many CRMs out there and they can do a really good job, lots of them, right? Like, we don't see that as being us. We see, we see the area that we can focus on really being how do we continue to help create digital sales tools for contractors? So we really want to focus on how do we integrate with great other digital tools out there like Eagle View and Hover and Rentalworks and, and financing options and focusing on the sales side of thing. Our dashboard is something that we want to build out. And there's some really, really slick dashboards for other tech out there, but they haven't really gotten into the construction space. So we think there's a lot we can do there. Probably the biggest thing, though, is we're going to be launching a client portal right away here. And that client portal, so for us, it's about how do we create a unique customer experience to the client on behalf of the contractor? And Sumo Quote was that first step, right? It was a really unique, polished, professional presentation, dynamic photos, marketing pages, e-signing, just all these things that we layered in and bundled together. So the next piece of that is how do we now help the contractor expand out that customer experience, not just on the quote, but tracking their communication, running integrated web meetings, booking calendar meetings, tracking their conversation throughout the entire project, dragging, dropping in photos and videos so that you can quickly share a video with the client and they can quickly share photos back to you and you can keep them updated. And there's a whole experience throughout the entire project that we think we can really enhance for both parties kind of thing. Yeah, you talk about client experience. What, what do you think of, in your opinion, a company out there, it could be within roofing, it could be outside roofing, that's really done a great job with client experience? That's a good question. Of course, you spring this on me and I want to be thoughtful with my response, <laughs> right? I'm, well, let's say one of the companies, right? So one of the companies that comes to mind. Well, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look outside of the roofing industry. Yes. And the examples that spring to mind right away, and I'll start with kind of this story, right? So when it, when it dawned on me and hit me a bit more, it was a couple of Christmases ago. And it was the first week of December, whatever. And it seemed like every evening our doorbell was ringing. And which is triggering like, hey, this isn't normal. Why is our doorbell ringing all the time, right? So it triggers this thought of what's going on. And, and I'm not sure if you're guessing to what this is leading to already, but I mean, 
Amazon online shopping. Like it was just, we had black Friday shop like crazy and gotten everything. And, but it was, this was new, like two, three years before that we did all of our shopping out in person in physical stores. And so now we had this totally different customer experience of we just go online and order everything and it just gets delivered to our door. Right? So banking, I honestly cannot remember the last time I've been in a bank. I don't need to anymore. Right. Not only do I not use cash, I can just do everything. You know, if I ever get a paper check, which is weird now, I take a picture of it and it just goes straight in my account. Grocery shopping. I've got three young boys. Like, I have no desire to go through the grocery store for an hour on a Saturday. Zero desire, right? I can go online, order everything, and just pull up outside the store and they'll walk it out to me and I'll drive away. Like, it are the experiences that industries are creating right now are changing rapidly and and clients' expectations are changing rapidly. But I don't see the construction industry keeping up quite as much with the tech that we've got. And so again, that's why we're really starting to, what is that customer experience that we can really shift and we can lead in and help contractors stand out in that the industry is already looking for and expecting, but it isn't there yet. They're still trying to sit down at kitchen tables or they're still trying to get paper contracts signed or there's still these weird things going on that will continue for quite some time, but it will begin to shift quite a bit more as better options become available. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. What are some other trends you see in the, the roofing industry that are taking shape, in your opinion? I come from the residential side more so. The roofing company that I'm an owner of, we've got a, you know, our commercial division is about the same size as our residential. So it's grown quite significantly over the last number of years. But on the residential side and, and on the commercial side, for sure, I mean, it's really simple. This, this won't be, this, this won't sound, it's, it's, it's obvious, but everybody's trying to go paperless, right? Yeah. So the, the simple one that's just going on right now is, and, but then the other piece with that is there's so many different technologies out there the ability for those technologies to speak together is going to continue to make it easier to go paperless and feel like they've got a more seamless process. So yeah, certainly with Sumo Quote, we're trying to focus on how do we ha- allow our technology to speak to some of these other key technologies out there as well. <laughs> so here's a fun one. So you, you've, in the future, you tackle the, the software, the, the roofing construction industry, you create this massive software company and you decide you get a little bored, so you create a, a space company and you create a rocket ship. What What is the name of that rocket ship? <laughs> what is the name of the rocket ship? <laughs> I would... I'm never one to... I need to research before <laughs> I commit to something. That's and true. so something like this, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, and, and this is completely fictitious. But yeah. even in this completely fictitious thing, I struggle to commit to something, right? I'd probably have it be something relating back to my family in, in some way. So whether it's a combination of my kids' names or yeah. the heritage of my, my grandparents, sure. I'd, I'd probably want it to be something thoughtful around family is what I would focus on. It makes a lot of sense. Is there anything that I didn't ask you, but should have? I think there's a lot of interesting things going on these days. I've been learning more about your company as well and the coding mm-hmm. side yeah, and the story behind that, which has been really, really fun. So, <laughs> so that's always, 
it's always interesting. But I think that my biggest thing are two things. The first, and I've touched on it lots already, is that customer experience. I think there's going to be, I see contractors in the market where they focus so much on their own business that they forget about ultimately who controls the dollars and cents at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And they put themselves ahead of their clients mm. in, in certain situations, right? So sure. I think that is just, and, and that is such a difficult mindset to get out of. So I, that's the one big one that always comes to my mind on things. And then the other big one is just things are going to be changing, test stuff out, adopt change, try and get comfortable. It's uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable for all of us. But yeah, it's fun to keep learning from others in the industry. So I've caught your podcast and, and a number of your guests. And man, it's interesting to see who's out there and their stories and what's going on. But man, keep learning, keep having fun. It's, I don't know if there's anything in particular you've missed with me. It's just, it's always good to keep connecting with people and recognizing their human beings Awesome. and, and associating with them at that level. Awesome. Brian, thanks for sharing your story. It was uh, very compelling. Pat, it's really good to connect with you today. Thanks so much for having me. I want to thank everyone for listening to Specify today. Also want to thank the listeners who are working hard each day to change the world to make it a better place. If you know anyone, anyone that would benefit from this episode, please pass it along. And finally, make sure you subscribe to hear upcoming episodes. Talk to you soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.